Gregory bravely sacrificed himself to become the ship's <laughs> red. <laughs> I think that's false. Oh, Master Splinter's super toads mad. What? Yes! Yeah. Two broomsticks at the same time. Expecto Patronum! Y'all never amount to anything! Completely false. If it was Andy's Girthy Candy, there's no way they'd ever change So, name. so, wait, is it Goblins? Did I get it wrong? Oh, this one's true! I am chocolate! <laughs> and the theme of today's podcast is... Wait, are we still in the intro? Hello and welcome back, listeners, to the Allegedly Podcast, where we get points trying to figure out whether the facts that we're given are true or false. We do not know the themes, and we don't know the facts. My name is Alex, and with me always is Joe. Oh, hey oh, Are you ready, Joe? We got new equipment, a new sound, and a new intro. Well... We're trying out new equipment. We don't know if it's going to work yet. This could be still Skype. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You might be listening to this and being like, this still sounds like crap. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds exactly like it did last week. They gave their college effort and it did not pay off. They need a couple more years. It was a community college effort. A community college effort. Well, I just appreciate that we try. It's all I'm. That's really all we ask for on the show. Is a is a try. <laughs> Just a try. It's Just, fine. Look, we don't always get the facts right. Like we we usually walk away pretty battered up, but we tried, you know? Well, yeah, if it's anything like the Amazon week. <laughs> that week got wild, man. That one uh that one we, we took a beating that week. Dude, surfing dudes that refuse to swim the Nile and then fucking alligator tsunamis and fucking ice cube braving it all like fucking it had everything except for a good movie filmed in the amazon yeah that (laughs) well i guess it depends on who you ask i mean somebody out there anaconda is their favorite movie i will say it's my it was the first rated r movie i ever saw yeah i think my first actually was i want to say terminator 2 is that rated r i thought it was it has to be right there's no way it's PG-13. A dude gets fucking knifed in the face. I don't know, dude. Jaws is PG, man. Yeah, that's right. Fuck. It's a family movie. Th- those, those ratings were weird back in the day. <laughs> dude, it was about, like, just getting people in front of the movie theaters now. They're just like anything either got an R rating because that's what drove people in or a PG rating because that's what drove people in. You know, the, the fountain of blood that gets shot out when somebody's eaten... Doesn't matter, PG. <laughs> Parental guidance at best. Well, I mean, to be fair, you should be guided through that. So Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I could hear the board right now. They're like, dude, if you cut the torso floating out scene, we could give this a G rating. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we don't know today's theme. It's kind of a toss-up. Usually, the, the, the holidays, we've been a pretty... We, we've been, been able to get through... It was it was a it was a wintry wonderland of topics. Oh, for sure. No, well, we were able to get through some of our topics because um, we had a guide, right? Like we had the holidays, and then we had New Year's, and we had fall, and went. Now, now we're like in this weird winter period before spring break and before summer. Like, so who fucking knows what's gonna happen? I love how you, I love how you're still using school terms. <laughs> Dude, that's how I gauge my life. Like, <laughs> just a couple more weeks. I mean, don't forget midwinter breaks coming up. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, parent-teacher conferences week is all. Well, I have kids, so you know that makes I always sense. Forget I, that. Yeah. I, I gauge it now. Like I'm just like, well, winter break is over, so kids go back to school, and then parent-teacher conferences. That means half days all week, and. <laughs> Oh, so so spring break you're dreading because technically that's not a vacation for you. No, that's extra work. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude. Well, I don't I don't know though. I don't know what this topic's gonna be. I don't know what to expect. Um, last week was random. I've been I've been told not necessarily hints, but I have been told that this week we're gonna be able to riff pretty hardcore. Like this could be a really exponentially long podcast. This also has the possibility of being split into two parts. This is this is this going to be the first two parter of twenty twenty two. It could be if our riffing goes too long. Like, dude, if, if this ends up being like an hour and a half, hour and forty five minute podcast, where we, like you and I have to take a water break in the middle. <laughs> if this just gets too fucking Van Halen on it, just erupting all <laughs> over the place with its epic riffage. Yep, it's eruption, dude. Like. I just I just turned into a fucking hard rock fucking radio station DJ. Some shock jock. Yeah, let's take it back to life in the fast lane. <laughs> Get on your hog and ride. Where the only thing larger than your hair was your shoulder pads. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, dude, like that's all I know. And most like the things that we riff the best on are usually movies or entertainment that's usually where you and i you know can friggin just you know, hack it up and see what happens so i'm i'm guessing it's something along those lines it's it's that or Zack snyder reference oh god <laughs> it's like what it's like why the snyder cut was superior i'm like oh motherfucker i got words <laughs> we're about to, we're about to throw words right now <laughs> we're about to lose so many people <laughs> Whole tens of people that listen in. We're about to lose them. <laughs> well, when you only had 12 to start with, tens of hit. That's a hit. That's, that You just got canceled. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude, let's jump into it. Let's see here. Let me get to the topic. So the topic of the day is 90s movies. Oh, that's a very, very specific riffage right there. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I got a picture of a cassette. That's how serious this is. I'm uh, this this might go long, man. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, like, part of the reason I love movies is I legitly like my babysitter at home was a whole cabinet of VHS tapes. This is gonna bring me back. Yeah, this this, and that might not be a good thing. <laughs> That might be something that we uh, we look back and we're like, we have to edit out a lot of this podcast. <laughs> it's this is yeah, this is definitely like this is going to be the the Snyder versus uh, theatrical cut here. <laughs> what one might be eight hours long. The other one's going to be 94 minutes. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, I didn't know Joe had so many, you know, personal opinions about the Dances with Wolves director's cut. So hey don't don't even start with me man <laughs> all right well let's just jump into it let's just see where this takes us this is this is memory or uh this is you know 
we're going down a road right now. We're going down a trip down memory lane. Everybody, get your Walkmans out, right? Let's 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 strap on our wristwatches because those were still a thing. And you know, don't check the time though. Let's let's just see where this goes. <laughs> you know, you know, you know, watches are still a thing, right? No, they're not. Don't lie. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Apple watches don't count. Those are basically those are basically like iPods now. <laughs> oh, iPods. <laughs> All right, dude, let's do this. Fact number one. Burt Reynolds. Sorry, let me start this over. Fact number one. <laughs> Burt Reynolds's character, Jack Horner, in the 1997 movie Boogie Nights, was first offered to Harvey Cattell, Bill Murray, and Jack Nicholson, who all rejected the porny part. Um... Oh man, my inner nerd is coming out. I believe Burt Reynolds was the first choice, uh, but he turned it down, and so Paul Thomas Anderson went to other people, and then uh, eventually convinced. Like I think he wrote that part specifically for uh, fucking Smokey himself, the Bandit, rather. <laughs> There, yeah, he's watching Smokey and the Bandit, and he's just like, you know who'd be an amazing porn director? Burt Reynolds. Burt motherfucking... <laughs> hey, and he fucking is. That movie is a goddamn classic. Dirk Diggler. Yeah. No, it, it doesn't <laughs> oh, get any better than that, dude. Thomas Jane in that movie, fucking playing oh. on the edge. Dude, that whole movie is wonky, but... Fuck it. Personal friend of mine... <laughs> Fucking just the Asian kid in the corner throwing firecrackers. <laughs> well, but like, so could you, so think about this, Bill Murray, and Jack Nicholson. I could see any, I could see the vast majority of people going to Jack Nicholson, right? Like he was a huge name. So like anytime you had like a, like a part where you needed a slightly older guy to be kind of like a mentor-esque dude, mm-hmm. I could see them going to Jack Nicholson out of the box just every time. Bill Murray would be such a weird fucking role. Like, that. that's just strange to me. They're like... I could see Bill Murray doing it now. Yeah. But in 90, 97 Bill Murray? Yeah. Like, he hadn't really made that transition to uh, more dramatic works yet. Yeah, and that movie gets really dark, like, really fast. It starts weird because, like, Marky Mark's supposed to be, like, 18 right in the beginning of that movie exactly but i also gotta say the best casting ever is john c Riley as <laughs> as dirk diggler's porn partner well don't forget too um what's his name uh don Cheadle. don Cheadle. fuck <laughs> god he he is freaking amazing they're all amazing in that movie that, like, yeah no that that cast is outstanding <laughs> And then you throw fucking Bill Murray. Bill Murray would make a skeezy director, I think. Burt Reynolds kind of pulled it off to where it's he's still a little classy. You know? He was kind of a classy dude. Yeah, like he, you were kind of believed that you were. I mean, the whole industry is super skeez, but in that movie, he portrayed a dude that you were kind of taking care of a little bit, right? Like it's as safe as you can be in that industry. Oh yeah, and he he took care of all those weird, weird, crazy people. Fucking so, but I'm. I think I'm gonna go false on this one. I'm gonna follow your lead a little bit in that Burt Reynolds. But like, I I think both are true. But I think I 
I think the role was written for Burt Reynolds, but he kept passing it. If if I rem- if I remember my 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 trivia's correctly. All right. So what are we going? Are we going true or false on this one? Uh, I'm going to go false. False. All right. Let's check it out. Ready? Three, two, one. Bam. Oh, this one's true. Mm. Burt Reynolds apparently hated the final cut of Boogie Nights so much that he immediately fired the agent that got him the gig. <laughs> oh wow, I was I, I was in a completely different direction. <laughs> yeah, he he fucking hated it, I guess. Other casting facts according to Screen Rant, Leonardo DiCaprio was offered the part of Dirk Diegler and wanted it but couldn't do it because of the filming conflicts with Titanic, which let's be honest, mm. good call. <laughs> it was Leo well, I guess Leo looks like it was Leo who recommended Mark Wahlberg. That's so weird. Other people considered for the part, uh, I would assume, the part of uh, the uh, Dirk Diegler were Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, Ethan Hawke, and Christian Bale. Gwyneth Paltrow turned down the role of Roller Girl, and Samuel L. Jackson turned down Buck Swope, which is Don Cheadle's character. So, fuck, dude. That's like the 90s supercast turning down for another 90s supercast. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm sitting here and I'm like, I'm totally happy with the way they casted it. And I, I'm other side, I'm totally fucking happy the way they tried to cast it, so I don't give a shit. Can we all take a moment here to reflect that nobody tried to recast or cast anybody else in John C. Riley's role? Like, he might have been the first dude they went to, and they're like, we're fine with this. Like, he's amazing. I mean, my man has perfected his own margarita. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get fucking better than John C. Riley. So this one... Fuck, this one was true. It's okay, it's okay, we got this. Alright, let's try it. Let's jump to fact number two. Are you ready? Uh, I thought I was fucking gonna crush this, so... I'm a little... I, I guess I'm in the middle section of, of my Dirk Diggler travels. You're, you're, you're... How we would put in the movie industry, you're perturbed. I'm put... Yeah, I'm, I'm like one step <laughs> from trying to jerk off in cars right now. <laughs> I'm on I'm on the downward slope. You're on the downward slope. You're just like I've done it and now I I don't know if I still have it. I was riding so high but oh I flew too close to the sun. Dude, and that's not even fact one. Like you're those <laughs> like when you started the podcast you already put out like five singles. You're like, "Yeah. <laughs> my 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 movie is it starts in the second act." <laughs> At what point? You remember in the middle when he's on his downward slope and he's trying to do the you got the touch song. You got the touch. <laughs> like, when do you do that? Like, when is that moment in the box? <laughs> <laughs> fuck, oh, fuck, I love that movie. <laughs> oh, it depends. It depends on it, how this question goes. Okay, let's see here. Let's see. This might be the low point for you. So let's get you back up. Let's let's have you never run into Thomas Jane, dude. Let's do that. Oh, fuck. Okay, fact number two. Quentin Tarantino's 1992 Reservoir Dogs became the highest grossing independent movie of all time until it was unseated in 1999 by Blair Witch Project. I'm going to go yeah. Now, I I know Blair Witch just crushed because they made that movie for fucking nothing. Yeah, I think, well, so from what I understand, it was one of the, yeah, it's one of the ones that had the biggest gap between how much it cost versus how much they made. The only time it was unseated, and I still think they hold the record, was Paranormal Activity. 
Yeah, I think I think Paranormal Activity unseated it, but it was like the same setup. It's it's hidden found footage, right? Right, and I think Paranormal Activity was like, you know, it to- it cost them like ten grand to make total. That included all the equipment, all the actor time, all the location shooting. Everything mm. took ten grand, and then fuck it, it made like four hundred million dollars. Well, see, mm, I wanted because I know like Reservoir Dogs was made for like a million dollars. Yeah. I want to know, like, but at the same time, oh man, we're digging deep. Fucking <laughs> Robert Rodriguez, Robert Rodriguez was also filming and he made uh, Mariacha for eight grand. And off of that movie, he was able to make Desperado. So I want to say Robert Rodriguez because also Kevin Smith, right? No, but that was like 94. With Clerks? With Clerks. Yeah. So like 92. Well, I don't think Clerks made that kind of money. It made enough for him to get a career. <laughs> right. But I think he, what it was, it was recognition. Like everybody, like it started winning mm-hmm. all those awards. and then, But I don't know if it made like $300 million or anything like that. Right. I think it just really took off and like he's known and built this world, the the universe, and then went back from there. But I don't know. I could be I wrong, mean. Right? I could, but I could all like, cause yeah, I guess Pulp Fiction would technically, it wouldn't be an indie movie. That was a major studio. Hmm. I get. No, Miramax would be. Would that still be an indie thing? I don't know. Um, man. Uh, you know what? I'm a. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with you. I'm gonna go with your gut on this one because my my gut led us wrong last time. So I'm gonna go with true with you. Yeah, I think honestly because I th- I think Reservoir Dogs was huge, and then I think Blair Witch Project was just a fucking monster. Like mm-hmm. they used a fucking. 19- it wasn't even like a modern camcorder. It's probably some dude found it in his garage and then made a movie about getting lost in the woods. Like, even the ending is just, like, some dude staring in the corner and then a jump scare. That's literally the fucking ending. They probably found that house, honestly, in the middle of the woods. <laughs> there, there's no way. Like, it looked like a terrible filming situation. There's no way they got permits or anything for that. Like, no. They probably got lost. Like, they're just like, where are we? Those poor people who starred in that movie. Or- <laughs> I know, like, nobody really knows. I don't really know who they are. I don't follow their careers. I, I, You'd think that that would launch them, but the, in order to really sell the found footage thing, you can't... It'd be weird to, like, see them. I think that's exactly what happened. Like, they were... They signed contracts that they couldn't do promotion or anything. Jeez. And so, like, yeah, th- their careers went fucking nowhere. <laughs> Jeez. But, yeah, I mean, I, I'm gonna go true on this one. I think it's true. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think I'm letting, like, my, my inner fucking trivia fucking ego get the best of me and i'm overthinking these you got this dude yeah just what what's the gut telling you you know yeah so yeah i mean i i, I really don't have anything to go against it so. well and the writer also told me that these are abstract these are or there's these are going to be these aren't going to be easy facts because she assumed that we knew a lot so they're going to be really kind of strange like we we're not quite sure kind of facts you know <laughs> The, the next eight questions are all about Swedish films. <laughs> like, fuck. I did, yeah. I'm, I'm not up on my 90s Swede films. They're like, yes, Jorgen Boygen from the <laughs> film Sukedlagen <laughs> went on to have a very prominent career in the Chinese film industry. We're like, what the f- Who is that guy? With his, with his debut film, Man Rides Bike Through Tulip Fields. <laughs> like, like, fuck. And it's just what? like... <laughs> 
And it's just like, you may have seen him <laughs> in such <laughs> films as, yeah, Flying Fish and Who, who Stole My Bike? Dude. <laughs> it's just like, what the fuck is that? All right, well, let's let's figure this out. Blair Witch Project, I'm going to go true on this one. Fact number two, the first one was true, though. So this one could be false or it could be another true. I'm feeling true. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go with you on this one, buddy. All right, ready? Fact number two, answer. Three, two, one. Boom. Oh, it's false. Fuck. Ruling the 1990s until the end, the highest grossing independent movie of all time prior to the Blair Witch Project was actually New Line Cinema's 1990 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Fuck yeah. Oh. I, don't, I don't even care. I don't even care Whoa, right now. That is, that's not the answer I saw coming. No. Well, I know that that movie had a shitload of problems, but I remember it was a decent success. Uh, they made two other films. Fuck yeah, they did. I saw both of them in the theaters. Yeah, I remember I felt so edgy watching the first one because he says damn twice. Dude. Edge. It's risque, dude. But yeah, so I got that false. But you know what? I, I'm i okay with that. I'm okay with this because, frankly, go Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Good for you. Um. So the, the next note, Reservoir Dogs was met with a widespread critical acclaim and did well at film festivals, but grossing less than $3 million at the box office. Right. Oh, boo fucking who. The movie probably took, if it took a million dollars to make that fucking movie, oh, dang it. Two, we only made $2 million profit off of it. It's like, God damn well, it. See, what you have to realize is that's not how Hollywood math works. So it cost a million dollars to make. It probably cost another million dollars to market. And so really to make a profit, you have to make three times. So that movie would have to make like six million dollars. Yeah, well. That's how, to break even. That's how, that's how Hollywood math works. Yeah, well, fuck math. Nobody fucking likes math. Come on. (laughs) Well, that's why Hollywood makes its own math. Right. Fuck. All right, well, uh, we got that one wrong, too. It's okay. It's okay. We got this. We got this. I'm not so sure. Dude, we got this. Come on. Psych yourself up, bro. <laughs> I'm all out of love. No. So lost without you. No, no. No, we don't, we don't need Sad Joe. <laughs> Leave Sad Joe at home. <laughs> Dude, we got this. We got Okay, fact number three. We got this. In the 1997 movie Titanic, the ever-talented Leonardo DiCaprio actually did the final sketch of Rose on the couch, just not in real time. I'm gonna say bullshit. Um, oh, dude, I know there's a fact about this. That <laughs> I've... Like, I've heard something. I, I honestly want to think that the sketch was done in real life, yeah. in real time, but it wasn't Leo. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say he didn't draw it. I think... Yeah. Look, I think honestly, if if he was that kind of artist, I would see more, right? Like I would see more jokes about how good of an art because that drawing was like you know look professional, right? right? Like James Franco was a really shitty poet and artist, and all people could talk about was his shitty poetry. <laughs> <and artist. laughs> exactly, but like there's little facts, right? Like there's little factoids. Nobody let you know. Uh, David Bowie down about how fucking he never, they kept asking him questions from uh, the labyrinth when he did the contact juggling with the ball mm-hmm. and, and everybody wanted to know all the time if it was him, was it him, was it him? And he had to repeatedly say no, like up to the point where he died, like when he passed away, he was still telling people, no, that's not him. Right. Like 
because everybody loses right. their mind at that scene. And so I, I honestly think if Leo drew that, we would definitely be seeing more like him on a talk show, right? Like, you know, Jimmy Fallon's like, hey, draw me like one of your French girls. And he'd draw real quick. He'd yeah, sketch that's it out. 100% a Jimmy Fallon bit. Yeah. yeah. And he would sketch him real fast and it would be all, even if it was fake, right? He would be all like on the desk and buff and shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I just, I, I do think that that's, this is going to be false. I do think it's a real sketch, though. I think you're right. Like, an artist came in and did it. I think so. I think I think that's a fake hand. <laughs> <laughs> they did it like the uh, they did it like the labyrinth where there's the artist is behind him just drawing it from memory. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude. I think I think the, I think I know what this is. I think someone drew it right. And then they gave that drawing to Leo and he did like some extra shading on it so that they could make it look like he's the one that drew it. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Or they probably just told him, hey, just draw some squiggles here. Teach him how to do some yeah. probably cross hatching or whatever they call it. And mm-hmm. just said, do it here. And it looks like you're drawing it. Exactly. Right? Yeah. I think. I Yeah, I guarantee you that's it's something like that. Yeah, what if, like, the extra two hours of that movie is literally just him drawing that picture? Dude, I guarantee you, like, James Cameron has a six-hour cut of that movie. (laughs) Just sitting. Do you think he watches it sometimes in his private theater? Like, he's like, oh, yeah. He's Yeah, in his private theater in his real submarine right now. He's like... (laughs) As he's making Avatar 9. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's already on 9. They haven't even shot two yet, and they're, they're just like, "Look, guys, we retroactively or proactively went out and shot another nine sequels." Well, my problem is I had to invent a brand new camera. Yeah, and he did the remake too ahead of time. <laughs> he, he, he shot all the prequels. <laughs> all right, well, let's see if this is real. I'm going. I'm going false. I'm going false. Is that is that you're good with that? Oh yeah. All right, let's yep, do yep. it. Right, three, two, one, boom! It is false. Oh. Fuck yeah. Dude, fuck, fuck that yeah, question. Take that, Leo. You're not yeah. great at everything. Yeah. You can't act and sing and look cool and dance and probably live your life in the real life, I don't know, Inception, because you're awesome. Save the planet. Yeah. Yeah. Get your shit together, Leo. <laughs> are, you, are you channeling your Patronus right now? Your inner disappointed mom? <laughs> 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 is that is that what was coming out you were just like you'll never amount you're like leo's like i fucking i've won an academy award well you haven't won too all right i got a problem with this academy award i have seen the revenant and i have to tell you that's not acting that's just leo being tortured <laughs> okay like i felt so fucking bad for that dude in that goddamn role <laughs> like it's like, oh, wow, he looks like he's freezing to death. It's because he was fucking freezing to death. Like, yeah. there's method acting, and then there's just dropping a dude in the wilderness. <laughs> they just set up a bunch of cameras and, like, sick a bear <laughs> on him. You I, get him. Oh, like, I gotta, I have to say, like, he's done way better work. <laughs> well, hey, this is the one that did it, right? They probably took all the shit, put it together, and they're like, yeah, let's give it to him. But uh, so here, here's here's the note though, because it's legit hilarious. Leo can't draw for shit. It, <laughs> it, oh wow! It was actually the director, 
and accomplice illustrator James Cameron who did the famous sketch of Rose. Uh, fuck off, James Cameron. <laughs> God. You're just like, dude, it's like, it's like James Cameron and then the Amazon River swimming Michael Strell. Those are like your two enemies now. You're like, God. <laughs> really? So it says problem with James Cameron. James Cameron is actually left-handed. So they had to mirror image the hand in post-production to keep Jack right-handed for the film. Interestingly, there was uh, this was the very first scene that were uh, was scheduled to film together. Oh, that they were scheduled to film together. And in the ultimate icebreaker, Leonardo DiCaprio arrived on set uh, to an already nude Kate Winslet sitting in the makeup chair. Movies are weird. <laughs> Also, really? Like, you couldn't get another artist? <laughs> well, like, and here's the thing, like, so, did James Cameron have to pay Kate Winslet nude? Like, cause, like, that, that, like, or, or did he just guess? Was he like, hey, Kate Winslet, let me see your neck. Okay, we got that. Uh, I can guess what a belly button looked like. Like, it doesn't have to be perfect. You know what I mean? Like, well, so, yeah, it doesn't have to be her at all, does it, I guess? No, like, it, it, so he could literally just be like, as long as the drawing looked like breasts, right? He really didn't need her to be nude. You just have to get nude for the scene to see the the actual scene. You know what I'm saying? Ugh, I don't know, man. It feels creepy. But, hey, fucking, they did the scene. <laughs> like... He, he fucking Cameron can draw. I mean, that's not if he's that accomplished of an illustrator. This is not his first new drawing. Well, right? he did. He did start out in uh, the uh, props department. So, uh, yeah, I, it makes sense. Dude, that's so fucking fuck you, James Cameron. <laughs> like, I just I can't get over like he's just like he's like, uh, I got this, guys. Like, fuck off, dude. You're already directing the movie. <laughs> James Karen's like, I can draw pretty good. Let's not only direct an award-winning film that's going to set records, let me also doodle up a nude Kate Winslet. Like, I feel like he made that scene specifically to show off how badass. That, like, that was a flex. That wasn't artistic. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And and, and that was totally a fucking James Cameron flex. <laughs> Next, we're gonna figure out that Avatar was legitimately real, and that James Cameron invented the way to transport our minds into like alien bodies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude. Well, we we got that one. We finally got it. Go us. Go team. Allegedly, we're okay. coming back. Yeah, okay. we're. I got. I got the call. I got the call from from Bert. We're <laughs> making another movie. We're doing it. <laughs> I got it from Bert from Beyond the Grave. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude, here we go. Fact number four. According to the site UltimateMovieRankings.com, the highest grossing actor from 1990 to 1999 adjusted for inflation was Mel Gibson. Oh. This is tough. This is tough because we think it's one actor, right? But it always like he was a fucking mega star, mega. It, people like people forget how how crazy big Mel Gibson was. Oh, I don't. He was in everything. Oh, like my like it's a it's a really hard thing as an adult 
knowing Mel Gibson now who he is. But I'm like, I fucking love Mel Gibson. Dude, everybody does. Like, Mel Gibson, if he didn't go crazy, which could just be a byproduct of Hollywood, right? But if he didn't go crazy, like, he's everybody's low-key favorite actor. Like, he really is. He's so good at every, any role you put him in, right? Dramatic, he's, comedic, he is, action. Yeah, he's... To put this into perspective, like, for real, the movie What Women Want was a great idea at the time. (laughs) (laughs) People wanted a romantic comedy starring Mel Gibson where he could hear the thoughts of ladies. Like, this was a, a good fucking financial decision at the time <laughs> yeah and i think it was a moderate success it like dude i think it, it went gangbusters <laughs> well and everything you put him in look lethal weapon you throw him in lethal weapon right he totally believable as an action hero you know what i'm saying phenomenal right just yeah. like die hard like bruce willis but you take bruce willis and you put him in fucking i don't know what women want that movie gets a little weird he's a little stern you know what I'm saying? It sounds weird to say, but at the time, Bruce Willis was a would be a more cringy choice than Mel Gibson. But but like you could take Mel Gibson and you could have put him in Die Hard. Like you could re- now I, I'm not saying that he would have done better, but it's a believable casting choice. Yeah, hundred percent. Turns out crazy people are really good actors. Yeah, like I don't think Bruce Willis is crazy. <laughs> I don't. I don't, you know, he's kind of those legacy. I think he's kind of a dick. (laughs) Yeah, he could be a dick, but he's not crazy. That's right. Right? (laughs) But, like, I I think Mel Gibson is one of those guys that, like, he could have done anything in the 90s. You could have put him anywhere. You could put him on the the fucking Disney Channel. You could have put him on, you know, your next big action blockbuster. And then he did all those epics, right? Did, like, The Patriot, and then he did fucking Braveheart, which is bonkers. Like, yeah. Yeah, started like he was such a big actor. Braveheart's his first directing job. Yeah, and like was... that's insane. Like even Kevin Costner, I think, had to work up to Dances with Wolves. <laughs> <laughs> like, he had like seven things under his belt at the time before he did. Yeah, Dances I genuinely, I think Braveheart is his first movie, <laughs> and he did it. But he fucking, he crushed it. So yeah, no, you know what? I totally think. Having said all that, I actually think it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> he got paid $80 million for Batman uh, and Robin. You know what? You you might be right. Schwarzenegger, Arnie was fucking huge too. He was gigantic. I genuinely think it was Schwarzenegger. Because like, he was coming off the 80s. And the 90s were, I think, as good or maybe even a bigger decade for the guy. All right. I mean, he ended the 90s by becoming a fucking governor. A Republican governor in a Democratic state. That's wonky. That's whack. And, and yeah. not just any fucking, you know, it's fucking California. So the biggest Democratic state. Yeah. So there's no way. There's no way. I think you're right. Now that you brought him up, it's almost like Mel Gibson was big. But Schwarzenegger was mega. I, yeah, I don't know. I think that's true, though. I'm going to have to... Uh, you know what? Or... There's so many fucking actors. Let's just roll the dice. Fuck it. Let's say let's say not true. I, I 
Yeah, I think it's Arnie, honestly. All right, let's go false. Ready? Three, two, one. Bam! It is false! Mm. Yes! Oh, you're going to actually kick yourself. It was actually Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, (laughs) Of course it was. He was in 900 movies. Yep. And then closely followed by, you're going to fucking totally believe this, Tom Hanks. Oh, yeah. While each movie Tom Hanks starred in grossed nearly three times that of Samuel L. Jackson films, Jackson did three times as many movies as Hanks did in the 90s. (laughs) And then number three was Bruce Willis. Then Mel Gibson came in at number 10. Damn, dude, Mel Gibson didn't get shit for being number 10. I mean, that's not bad. It's not bad, but dude, like, I I guess, you know what? Whatever. Fuck it. I don't care. Do you know who else didn't care? Mel Gibson. Yeah, he didn't. (laughs) Except he didn't care in the worst kind of way. Yeah. His not caring kind of went extreme. It, it, it It took a turn. It did. A really, really dark. Not great turn. Okay, dude. Well, we fucking got it. We have two more questions after this, though. So we got to get these. Oh, no. There's only... Oh, no. We have to get them, dude. I- I'm I'm banking on your knowledge right now. Oh, oh. Well, my knowledge has been 50-50. Dude, you came back on these last two ones pretty aggressively. I mean, it may not have been Schwarzenegger, but there was plenty of artists. Like, if he's 10, Schwarzenegger could have been in that list at, like, number four or five. Oh, dude, I'm standing in the mirror with my dick out. <laughs> hyping myself up, ready to do this. Ready for the comeback. Dirk Diggler style, you're just like, yeah. I'm like, let's let's get this. <laughs> All right, dude, let's do it. Ready? Fact number five. Here we go. Fact number five. In the 1992 movie My Cousin Vinny, the famous two Utes conversation actually happened as real conversation first between Joe Pesci and the director, who thought it would make a funny scene... So he added it in. I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Joe Pesci is very New York. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, talk about guys that were just, he came in like in the 90s and then left in the 90s. Like, yeah, he was huge. Like, I don't know. I think he, I think he legitimately retired after like 99. Like, I think he left like. He can't, he was just a powerhouse. After Lethal Weapon 3, he didn't... No, he was in 4 or 2. Once you've done Leo Gitz, where do you go? <laughs> you know, you, here's the thing. Joe Pesci recognized he was, you know, he knew what he got, his niche. And then he's like, okay, I did the serious bit. I did the action bit. And I did the comedy bit with, you know, Lethal Weapon. I'm good. I am good. And then he retired super fucking rich. So good for him. And now he only comes out every 12 years to do another Martin Scorsese movie. Yep. It's great. No, he's great, dude. Why Why fucking, why poke that bear? You know what I mean? Right. They need him. He'll probably be recast somewhere in the remake of the Godfather series, and you're good. I want to see, it's going to be, it's going to get real weird when they bring back Macaulay Culkin for Home Alone 5. Dude, I mean, that one is going to be hard. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to go true on this one. So wait, what has it been so far? It's been... It's been um, a true, false, false, and then false. So this one I'm feeling is true. We're just playing the numbers. I'm feel- yeah, I'm, I'm feeling it. All right, let's go true. Because I, I could definitely see him being like two youths. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, the director, what? Sorry, two youths. 
All right, ready? Are we? We're we going true. Three, yep. two, one, bam! It is true. Fuck yeah! It is. Another very real aspect of the movie: the actor who played the stuttering public defender, Austin Pendleton, actually has a stutter in real life. The director, Jonathan Lynn, said he knew his stuttering friend would be perfect for the role, and says that the scene is the funniest he has ever shot in any movie. So that was a real stutter. Also real, the prison scenes were shot in actual prison right next to their actual death row. The prisoners hollering in the background were all real. The car trick performed by Joe Pesci was also real. He insisted on no cuts so his trick would feel authentic. So real prison next to death row. So some of those dudes are fucking not alive anymore, probably. And car trick is real. I I like how we sandwiched in. A really, really depressing fact. In between, like, oh, the prison was real. That's cool. That's cool. Oh, death row. Those guys are dead. Oh, that's 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 sad. Oh, but the car trick was real with Joe Pesci. Nice man. Was <laughs> Joe Pesci charming? <laughs> Dude, Joe Pesci's like doing this thing while they're throwing a fucking switch on a guy. He's- <laughs> the lights are flickering in the background. <laughs> yeah. Isn't there a, a light flicker scene? <laughs> oh fuck! Yeah, I think there was, wasn't there? In the in the movie. So, anyways, you're gonna want to look for the Joker in the deck. <laughs> hey, what's with the fucking lights around here? What you can't afford good electrical? All right. <laughs> so, dude, get blasted. I mean, yeah. Whoa, this slop in this tray is as cheap as my suit. Hey, like, fuck you, like, oh, Jesus. You're like, fucking, what is this movie? <laughs> <laughs> and it says the uh, the last note is the screech of the owl was also real, rumored at one point to be a Muppet, and the bird's movements worked out perfectly on the first take. So that was a real owl and a real screech, and it just worked out. My cousin Vinny, dedicated to craft. Who knew? Dude, it's like Anaconda. <laughs> Except I legitimately love my cousin, my cousin Vini. It's it's an amazing movie, hundred percent, dude. But like, <laughs> all these, mo- I love movie facts because it's just like, hey, remember that really shitty movie that nobody really likes, but it's just kind of like a staple in the cinema world. I'm like, yeah, and they're like, yeah, they changed cinema forever, and we're like, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah, right. It's like Home what now? Home yeah. Alone Five really changed how they do camera angles and you're like well what? it was well it's the first all cg movie <laughs> it's dude, really weird it's very strange dude that's how it usually is too it's like i don't know it's like kindergarten cop 2 really and you're we're like wait arnold wasn't even in that what the fuck right all right man well fucking we got that one true too there we go. So we got one more. We got one more, and we'll be sixty percent, right? We'll be we'll be fucking not too bad. Are you ready for this shit? Are you ready? Sixty percent. So we'll we'll be the Donnie Wahlberg. Yes. I, and you know what? You're a sixty percent in Hollywood. You're still a millionaire. So I'm go- I'm good with it. I'm good with that too. I I don't know if many Schwarzenegger movies even got past a six out of ten. Like maybe a seven out of ten at his peak. <laughs> whoa, 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 let's chill. Okay. <laughs> On the fucking hate. <laughs> We're like, hey, choose your next words. Careful. <laughs> whoa, you're coming for the fucking crown, man. Dude, and then uh, just like you hear somebody on the Skype call, like, hey, you guys, I got an 80% on Rotten Tomatoes for Robocop. 
Wait, no, he's not Robocop. Fuck! Terminator! <laughs> Kindergarten Cop is my highest rated film. I really flexed my chops. <laughs> my chops! <laughs> also, Predator is a Stone Cold classic. Oh, God, dude. Predator is... Dude, is, has Schwarzenegger done, like, a bad movie? Like, he's oh, gotta yes. have one, right? Maybe Hercules in New York, like, the first fucking movie he was in. God damn it. Oh, my man. Come on. Can you think of one? I Have can't. you seen Jing- yeah, Jingle All the Way? I love that movie. Collateral Damage. Love that movie. Day. Okay, wait. Uh, Six Man is a special place in my heart. So we, we can't. We can't. It has the XFL in it. You can't totally trash. <laughs> you can't totally trash fucking Six Man. <laughs> Did you just defend a movie by saying it has the XFL in it? <laughs> See, I love it because so it is a little time capsule because it it came out during the rage of the F- XFL, and then they showed the XFL was like the biggest fucking sporting event. Remember, because the quarterback died. Oh, it was, yeah, it was huge. Yeah, yeah like, the, like it was so it was supposed to be the next biggest thing. Yeah, so <laughs> they all had flip phones. Oh God, <laughs> it was great, dude. Nope, there you go. Fucking Schwarzenegger can't do a bad movie. I still haven't heard. (laughs) (laughs) All right, here we go. Last question. Are you ready, Joe? I'm ready. Dude, get that that knowledge. Get the brain working. We got through five questions to get to this last one. We're always like... Homie, I'm I'm, I'm helicoptering in the mirror right now. Oh, shit. Here we go. Okay, and we got bonus too, so here we go. Fact number six. To lend authenticity to the film... Actual mobsters were hired to play as extras for some scenes in the 1990s Goodfellas. The mobsters gave fake social security numbers to Warner Bros. And it is unknown how they received their paychecks. Mm. That's scary, kind of. I don't want this to be real because that's terrifying. Oh, (laughs) this one, this one, I think, can go either way. This is tough. But I see Martin Scorsese, though, is he looked on pretty favorably by like the mob community like is there any rumor that they like don't like his work and they're coming after him because they he doesn't really portray them very well you know they're usually villains i don't yeah i don't know this is um oh this is going to be a deep dive but i'm going to say true okay because dennis farina was a real chicago cop and he got his first role in a michael mann movie because of that as a cop because he knew all his stuff which which one was he in the movie i can't remember the name off the top of my head okay um but i believe that led to a lot of other direct i want to say true i did a weird the loop made more sense in my head than i started saying it out loud and i was like well i don't think anyone else is going to be able to follow me with this but Right. Because Dennis Farina, I'm going to say true, for reasons that make sense in my brain. And he gave fake social security cards to Warner Bros. And it is unknown how they received their paychecks. I mean, I kind of get that. When you're tossing around millions of dollars, and there's going to be some level of miscellaneous spending they, that nobody yeah, knows. Yeah, I mean, they just got paid in cash. That's, I think, mystery solved there. Yeah, so they, they were just like, here's your stack of cash. They walked off set terrifying dude okay well then let's go true let's go true fuck it let's see if martin scorsese like fucking led lent authenticity because at some point like 
they could just ask him, right? Like, you know, fucking Robert De Niro is playing a bit and he leans over. He's like, would I just shoot a dude in the back of the head? And they're like, yeah, you would. And then he's like, oh, okay, right. Cool. Like, I think like Scorsese and De Niro really came from like the same school. Like there's lots of conversations where Scorsese will sit down for like an hour and him and De Niro will just talk about method, like motivate character motivation. They're really, really into that. And so I can imagine that, like, Scorsese's at his height, De Niro's at his height, and so the excuse of, for authenticity purposes, would probably fly. <laughs> right. All right, well, let's do it. Let's go true, then. Let's fucking go true. I mean, it was a huge movie, so... All right, let's get it. We're going to go true. Three, two, one. Bam! It is true! Boom! Fuck yes. So... The mobsters met at a local restaurant and brought their mob buddies who auditioned, quote-unquote, with the screenwriter by telling their best mob stories. Fuck yes. Some of the guys ended up being too hot to be on camera, but about half a dozen (laughs) of them were hired on as extras. Too hot, I'm assuming, means they have warrants. And it caused all kinds of problems. That's like six dudes. Half a dozen is not a lot, right? Six dudes, and it caused a lot of problems. In addition to just being inexperienced actors, they gave fake social security numbers to payroll, and producers had to take extra security managers to keep tabs on all the cash and expensive vintage jewelry on the set. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Well, fucking like as I like as I was thinking, like I remember, like I think Martin Scorsese, like there's a moment in Casino where De Niro's like counting out money to a person. They literally went and got like 20 grand in real cash for one scene of a movie. Jeez. And so, yeah. And like they had to have like a bunch of security there so no one would run away, you know, with 20 grand in fucking tax free cash. Yeah. And fucking De Niro is just like, it's mine now. (laughs) Does that like, well, like the whole thing was like fake bills don't, you know, because it doesn't feel real. So they don't count real. Oh, yeah. Okay. You're like, what the fuck ever, What am dude? I counting? <laughs> is the scene like a 20-hour scene where he counts $20,000? It's like he's just like flipping bills. Like he has like a wad of cash and he's just like flipping them out. Like he's like one, two, three, four. Like it's a counting scene. <laughs> like I mean, I guess. But like he demanded real cash. Well, wait. So what would 20 grand be? Like so if he 100, you know, 10, 10 hundreds for 1,000. I mean, that's not 200. 200 hundreds? I mean, I guess that's not fucking insane, right? No, but I mean, still. I, th- I was thinking more like 20s or like $5 bills in like a stack, and he stacked them. Dude, that's insane. And then, yeah, he they handed it back and ran it back to the bank. That's fucking hilarious. Yeah. So, like, as I was going through my whole Dennis Farina meltdown <laughs> in my head, I was like, there was also that stuff in Casino, which made more sense because that's another Martin Scorsese movie. Yep. Well, there you go. We fucking nailed it, dude. We got fucking... We got 60% on the first pass. Dude, we got those first two wrong, and then we got every fact after that right. We nailed it. So close. It was so close. But after after last week, I I say any, anything in the positives good. So um, I just flipped it over, so I'm checking out the bonus, right? And I think we nailed this mm. bonus. Bonus for one dollar to anyone, or one one uh, point to anyone who at any point did a terrible celebrity accent or is willing to do one now. We did. Oh uh, yeah, we 
We totally, we did a couple. <laughs> yeah, we did at least Schwarzenegger. I know that. And then fucking. And, and some Pesci's. We did some Pesci's. I'll also just be like, you know, I'll just throw that. Oh, wow. Boom. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, wow. So there you go. <laughs> and we usually get a couple of, all right, all right, all right, in. And that's, that's our podcast. <laughs> was was that Bill Pullman? No. That, <laughs> what? Because <laughs> that, that was like, don't you dare tell me that was Matthew McConaughey. That was McConaughey. <laughs> that was not even, that was not a, nope. Uh, McConaughey. I'm, I'm, I'm checking with the judges now. That was, that was. So do you do you, one of them's holding up Terry Grossman? I don't even know who that is. <laughs> do you do you are you taking uh, are you taking my oh wow point away now? Is that what happened? I'm taking your all right, all right, all right away. Oh, because everybody knows it's all right, all right, all right. Yeah. Well, my Bill Pullman would be like, "Game over, man." <laughs> much <laughs> better, much better. The judges are happy. Okay, now. there we go. So we each get one point. There we did. We got eighty percent. <laughs> actually we got 100% for 6 and we did it we did it 100% this week bonus fun fact though the very last movie ever rented at a blockbuster was a 2013 Seth Rogen comedy called this is the end sad day there's still a blockbuster in Oregon man I think I, I think that that's a franchise it's not the chain um, I thought that one I get is what. on the road to being closed I thought it's the well before the pandemic uh, hit, uh, Blockbuster was still allowing them to use the name. Dude, we need to bring Blockbuster back. Uh, let it be known that allegedly would like to franchise a Blockbuster. Did, not to be the old guy, but I do miss Blockbuster. Everybody misses video rental stores. I know, stri- dude. You worked. You worked at Blockbuster. Oh, I fucking it was the best job I ever had. God, I want that job now. Yeah, it's you get paid shit. Like it was terrible pay, but. People walk in, they treat you good, you talk about movies, you put shit back. That is your life. Like, there's nothing Ugh. more than just being... Like, the hard day is like re-tagging a movie. You're just like, oh, this one on sale? Pfft, I gotta put a new... I gotta put the six ninety nine <laughs> tag on instead of the eight ninety nine tag that's currently... Oh. Or you have to, like, Ugh. pull movies to send back to corporate because they're either gonna be destroyed or redistributed out. Like, that's it. I, I gotta tell you, man, I miss just... Do you remember when, like, when you, you would just go there and they didn't have the movie you were fucking looking for? <laughs> and so you would just wander the aisles looking for stuff because you didn't want you you made all you made the trip. You didn't want to go home empty handed. Yeah, Blockbuster had. So you just picked any fucking movie that looked good. Exactly. <laughs> like well, you're just like I have no idea what this is. The reason why <laughs> Blockbuster works is I spend probably more time on Netflix and Amazon and shit looking for movies that maybe I'll enjoy. Right. Mm-hmm. But Netflix or uh, Blockbuster had a sense of like, I want to get out of a store. I don't want to be in a store for us tonight. So it kind of had a sense of urgency. Just grab something, go home, pop it in. And that's your movie. Right. It's genius. And if you knew the if you knew the clerks well enough, like they'd always have the employee picks. So you're like, oh, fucking Alex. He knows what's up. Dude, my picks were always gold, man. Always gold. 100% anime. Yeah. Yeah, I was just like, hey, you want a good movie? <laughs> <laughs> we also used to, uh, back in the day, we'd swap covers. So mm. people, like on the internet, people would make fan covers of certain things that had really like, they were like abstract or silly looking scenes, right? And we'd swap them out. So like, you know, they, somebody made a uh, a a, core, uh, a cover for Juno, 
right? That looked like mm-hmm. horror movie. Like it's a horror movie. Nice. But it's for Juno, right? Well, teenage pregnancy is kind of horrific. So, but like it had the it had the description, it had the actors on it. It was just silly, right? Like it wasn't it wasn't mm-hmm. like bad or anything. It was just silly, and f- we'd swap it out, and somebody'd come up and be like, "Is this Juno?" And we're like, "I mean, it looks like Juno." <laughs> oh, this is the French cover. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that that's Juno. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you make you make like you'd make something like uh. The Departed looked like a romantic comedy or something like that. Like, it was hilarious, dude. And it would just be sprinkled. It was like little Easter eggs around the store, you know? People would always laugh when they oh, find that's, him. That is wonderful. Well, there you have it, dude. We got 100% this week. We fucking did it. We fucking, we diggled our way out of this oh, hole. Oh, dude, we, we diggled hard. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's that's going in the intro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, you wanna you wanna close this one out? Will do. And there you have it, listeners. This week's allegedly podcast, the Dirk Diggler of podcasting. <laughs> we'll be bringing our big dick energy every week, wherever you find fine podcasting. Swing you around.